So we have one beehive left. And it's yeah. not in great shape. No. We need to be able to basically, what, put a new super on top of the one that's already there and put a screen there so that they'll just transfer the honey up there and leave the bottom two as, I mean, what, what's your thought? Well, honestly, I was hoping that I could get help from you because mm-hmm. you have a bee suit now. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, it's going to be a matter of finding the queen. We have to find the queen and put her in the clip. And then make sure, and then transfer her to that bottom piece if she's in the top piece. No matter what, we have to find her. Because okay. if she's already in the bottom piece and that's already where she's laying and everything, and that's where she's been staying, then it's not anywhere near as complicated. It's just a matter of making sure there's no bees caught, putting the screen down, and then going from there. Um, I'm also kind of, it's kind of funny, and it's not like a, it's just I, we're, Amy and I are two different people. But I'm learning in all of this, and in learning about all of this, I'm finding out that there is a, uh, a <laughs> there's a beehive that it basically functions like drawers, and I'm like a little irritated because I'm like, really, that seems like it'd be so much easier <laughs> than trying to break apart mm. all of the things and move it around, and uh, you have to take the boxes off to literally get to the other places mm-hmm. in the hive, but. There, there's beehives that exist that they basically pull out like drawers at a dresser and hmm. I mean I'm sure that there are still downsides to things because you know but I'm just like in moving all this stuff in the heat outside I'm like oh my god man <laughs> it's a lot more physical labor than I thought it would have been but yeah no I, I, I already swapped their uh, entrance because their entrance is supposed to be swapped around when it gets warmer mm-hmm. you're supposed to close the entrance for the cold months so that they don't uh they don't leave and there's not enough heat escaping and everything so that they can stay warm on top of that there are downsides to having the hole open more but if you're constantly having the feeder in there it's not that big of a deal um the wider the hole is the more likely you can get intruders um that makes sense the first hive that i looked at looks like it was just they didn't survive the cold because it seemed like they were huddled in two separate places when mm-hmm. they were in there, and so I don't know if they had split and then both stayed in that hive, so there were two queens, or if they were just, I don't know, just didn't didn't do what they were supposed to. I, I don't know how new or old that hive it was. Um, and then the second one, it's too late now <laughs> in May to <laughs> figure out what the cause was because there are eggs and other things in there, and there were a lot of flies. Mm-hmm. However it's too late to determine whether or not it was pests that was the reason that they died. Gotcha. So uh, it could have been that, or it could have been the same thing as they just didn't survive the winter. The third one that's still alive, they do not have a lot in there right now. And it doesn't seem like they've been doing a lot of adding because they're in, again, if anybody is listening to this and going, wow, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I'm still learning. <laughs> so I don't know the actual terms for a lot of the things yet, but each of the little slides they have a name, and I've been reading about it, and I can't remember it right at this moment for some reason. But you have the beeswax on it so that they can, in the hexagon shape, so that they can keep expanding out. It's just mm-hmm. a frame for them. The frames, oh my god. <laughs> the frame is for them to be able to build, build off of instead of starting from scratch. Um, they have not built off of all of anywhere near... Like, there's, like, maybe four frames that they're building on right now, and they're by no stretch of the imagination full... So it's like 
I'm concerned. <laughs> like they, the other all of the other ones literally look untouched. They look like they just got put in there. So it's really weird, and I, like I said, I'm still going to do a lot more research on it before I just go poking around and, you know, disturbing all of them. But I mm-hmm. did pull out a few of the frames from the top just so that I could look down in it to see if they were at the bottom or not. There were quite a few of them at the top, but it didn't seem like, it, I, I again, I didn't pull apart all of the frames to see and look through the entire thing. I But it didn't seem like there were a lot of them at the bottom um, besides literally leaving and entering their entrance so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot more inspecting over separate you know transactions (laughs) between Mm -hmm. you know just over the next couple of months because trying to keep them around during summer is a lot easier than trying to keep them alive during winter so i want to learn about them now and be familiar with the that hive even if that's the only hive that we keep and then i just you know if they split being able to catch it early on and then giving them a second hive later like i'll worry about all that later Mm -hmm. all i'm worried about right now is making sure that is making sure that these bees uh don't die <laughs> because yeah. I don't want if I can prevent it I would like to try <laughs> so well, and not only that but we can set the other hives up to catch swarms yeah so put them in different yeah, places in the yard them. yeah so they smell mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah so yeah all of them I want to clean all of them and get them all back up to what they're supposed to be and you know I have to figure out how you clean them because if it's literally as simple as soap and water and just going there with a scrub brush on all of it, then, you know, we have children that can help out with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not super concerned about it. And again, we're trying to get them more into all of these things. And I feel like learning how to actually check up on and, you know, harvest honey and do all the things with the bees is a great random little thing to teach them patience because it's a lot of patience mm-hmm. trying to pull apart all of the pieces of a, of a beehive <laughs> because I was out there and I was like, oh my lordy, which I'm sure is less and less of a problem the more and more you handle them. Mm-hmm. But my God, I went out there to go pull out some of the frames and I like was struggling and I felt so bad because it was like, you're not supposed to be super aggressive and, you know, shaking everything around because then they get nervous and then they start attacking things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I managed to keep them docile, but they were definitely concerned and trying to figure out what I was doing. <laughs> Because they haven't had anybody mess with them in a while. So, yeah, no, they, they're, I don't think that they are anywhere near what they should be from everything that I've been reading. And it doesn't seem like it's hard. It's literally a matter of being diligent about it and being patient. So, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down to, to try and try to figure it all out. And hopefully, you know, if not by this next spring, if by the spring after that I'm ready for us to purchase other hives, I'd be, you know, more than proud <laughs> of what mm-hmm. I learned because beekeeping is one of those things that is like, you know, gardening is spooky, you know, composting is spooky, having chickens is spooky, but I feel like bees is like terrifying. Like it's if you mess up and they leave, you f- blame yourself. If you don't have any of the, you know, y- you scare them, you kill them. Like it's it, that's it's a lot more terrifying yeah. to think about taking care of a literal insect, <laughs> and then that all of them that just exist and they're only trying to survive the winter. That's literally their entire purpose. They they don't do any of the things that they do to like like for anything else. Like. They are literally just trying to survive the winter. They spend the entirety of spring and summer prepping for the winter. Mm-hmm. And then they spend fall prepping for the winter. And then they just sit and hope. They go on lockdown during the winter and hope they have enough food. That's like 
I would like to try to help mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's scary. And I, w- I just, I want, I want to be there. Like bees are so cute and yeah. we need them and they're important. And obviously I have a garden. I'd I love haven't to been, I haven't had any of our bees sting me. I had the, the one that thumped into my ear that I think, you know, freaked me out. That was about it. I might've stung me, but it was, I think I pulled it out like quick or whatever, but you know, I, I want bees. I like bees successfully, you know, in, in different corners of the yard, you know, it's like we have a big yard and Mm -hmm. I would love to have them out there and just being happy and, and just, you know, yeah. And, and maintained and taken care of. Um, you know, I was working on the chicken coop and, and that was just there. And you were like, yeah, do the bees. I mean, we drove over to get the pine needles and the pine (laughs) needles work best. I still ended up doing something a little bit different and I still had to go back to relight it. Um, but only only once but what it felt like once i got it going it was like i i just need to like watch videos of people doing it mm-hmm. and how long it actually stays useful and if they do have to relight it or refill it or whatever it is because i again this is that was the first time i've ever done it yeah and you know it was cool like i was i was definitely amazed watching them and it is definitely i i'm not not afraid of bees because i went over there and as soon as they started swarming like that my like all everything down the back of my neck was like oh my god you're surrounded by bees they're gonna kill you yeah (laughs) but it was just like i had to just stand there for a second and take a deep breath it was like they cannot sting you they will not sting you they're not gonna try they're just concerned because this big thing is opening up their home (laughs) like that is perfectly fair you're intruding Mm -hmm. on their space calm down they're not gonna get you it's just it's weird to hear in real life with mm-hmm. a few bees the same sound that they put in TV shows and games and anything when you get you know swarms of bees attacking somebody it's mm-hmm. that's it's the same sound but in, it's actually there but it's only a few bees and it's right. so weird that you know 10 bees makes the same sound that hundreds will be portrayed as in a movie or something it's like it's really not that bad and they're really they really are just like what are you doing i'm scared <laughs> like <laughs> they're more scared of me than i am of them we haven't so, had our morning coffee <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no they i i want to try my best to do a lot all the research things and try to build up you know the other the other hives get them ready and you know see if we can capture a swarm if we get lucky enough like we mm-hmm. have the last two years where they just appear yeah. there was one in a tree and then there was one literally underneath one of the hives i'm like no yep. i'm ready i'm gonna i don't care i'm doing it i'm grabbing them i am putting them all into a box <laughs> and i'm putting them in a hive and just literally the easiest way to do it is to find the queen you find the queen you got the hive mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like that's why it's a lot easier said than done because you know i'm not a skilled queen spotter every time that people are like oh no you can see the queen and i'm like no i can't (laughs) what which bee are you talking about they all look the same until you get used to it Mm -hmm. so it's like i i feel like i have to find the queen and then sit there for a second and go that's the queen that's the queen that's the queen instead of looking at pictures because it's not the same so but yeah no if you if you can't tell uh i think i'm going to find my newest hyperfixation and i'm going to be a beekeeper on top of all the other things that i'm doing (laughs) which is not you know far from 
what everybody else that is, you know, in this kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. does. They do the beekeeping, they do the gardening, and then they start cooking things from scratch. And they go, "Ooh, yeah, we I want chickens," and they have chickens. And they go, "Ooh, well, what about goats?" And what about like I? I'm not surprised that I'm going down the path with each thing because it is all full circle. Mm-hmm. And that's what's cool about it is that every time I do learn about something, I'm like, man, like <laughs> I can't believe that it's just that easy. Just have this thing, and then I do it, and it really is that easy. So I'm hoping that beekeeping is the same because. gardening you can really chalk it all up to planting a seed in good soil and making sure it has water every once in a while and bam you've you've got food (laughs) i'm hoping that beekeeping is the same where it's just like you keep them alive over the winter and bam you've got honey (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because from everything that i'm seeing as long as they are there and they don't have any infestations of any kind of you know uh what's it called um any pests Mm -hmm. then they're relatively easy they do their own thing (laughs) so yeah no i'm i'm excited Uh, okay i definitely want to (laughs) try well and i figure that knowing what we know and how this how to pour cement and everything else we can for future ones we can put up the slab and put up the little moat around the slab so that ants and things like that won't basically be coming up to it and Mm -hmm. so and then uh yeah, just do with the, all the other stuff that you got to deal with. So pick your spots. So <laughs> with that, good morning and welcome to the Morning Grind on the Stupid Podcast on Everything where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything. And nothing. All at the same time. So yeah, so bees are exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that, we have a couple of national days today. Yes. Awesome. And I would like to point out if anybody is <laughs> caught on that, yes, it is my birthday at the time that you're listening to mm-hmm. this obviously you guys were not you're not stupid (laughs) we don't think you're stupid we record these ahead of time most Mm -hmm. of the time so this is being recorded ahead of time so that i can spend my birthday doing what i do for my birthday yep um and i will talk about whatever it is that's planned for me (laughs) on friday afternoon yeah i have this weird thing and and normally i would just say like happy birthday right now and everything but it's just weird because like we're recording this on Uh birthday eve so it would be really weird to me to say happy birthday. So I just said I've been saying HBE all, all day. <laughs> and so, you know, so, yeah, I'm not a bad boyfriend. <laughs> I'm just literally being like, hey, let's, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, it. don't freak out. It's yeah. not for me right now. At the time that I'm recording this, mm-hmm. it's not my birthday. But the time that you're listening to this, it is my birthday. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, uh, here to national days. It is uh, national. No dirty dishes day. Which, you know what? That'd be an excellent birthday gift from the children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just want to put that out there. (laughs) On May 18th, National No Dirty Dishes Day suggests taking a break from your regular daily routine. There are a few options for this day. The problem with dirty dishes is no one likes them. In fact, if we could produce a five-course meal without dirty dishes, we probably would. Mm -hmm. Dirty dishes pose a number of problems besides more work. In fact, dirty dishes can cause some life-threatening diseases. If you didn't yep. know, such as salmonella, mm-hmm. uh, campylobacteria, uh, camp- mm-hmm. clostridium, perf- mm-hmm. clostridium. Oh, clostridium perfingens, mm-hmm. perfingens? Yeah, you, yes, literally. Okay. Norovirus. Yep. And then this one I see all the time. It's staph is what people call it for mm-hmm. short, but I can never, I never hear anybody say it. But botulism literally is what it comes down to. So you, you you can crap your guts out, people. That's literally what 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 most of this does. It makes you throw up, crap your guts out, everything. It's absolutely insane. So so yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, germs are the main reason for having no dirty dishes dishes on the counter or in the sink are important. However, there are benefits too. There's something pleasing about a clean kitchen. Unlike watching television or reading a book, no one considers washing dishes to be a therapeutic uh, thing for your mental health. But it can be. Washing dishes can relieve tension. In fact, it can put you in a state of self-improving your well-being. Because doing dishes is somewhat of a simple task, the act of movement in the water can reduce stress and build a strong immune system. The benefit of lowering stress levels results in a more relaxed mind and body, resulting in a better you. If you're not sure what to do during National No Dirty Dishes Day, we can come up with a few reasons to help you along. You can eat all of your meals out, order takeout, and eat your meals in the containers they came in. Uh, Use disposable plates, cups, and silverware. To stay earth-friendly, choose ones that are biodegradable. Uh, fast. While not everyone can fast, occasional fasting can be very good for the body. Mm-hmm. Eat only foods that come in their own containers and eat small meals. For example, eat a banana for breakfast. Prepare hard-boiled eggs the day before and enjoy them for lunch. Uh, keep your dirty dishes down to a minimum by washing every dish you use as you use it. That way, no dirty dish ends up in the sink. Some dish-free celebrations that you can participate in. Go out to lunch or dinner with friends. Prep and eat dry food out of a container or a small baggie. Prepare a one skillet or pan meal by cooking everything together, obviously safely because, you know, we don't want mm-hmm. to spread bad things. <laughs> Order takeout and eat in a nearby park. Host a barbecue and serve everything on paper plates and disposable utensils. And share your dish-free day by obviously uh, relating to everybody else on social media that does not like dirty dishes. <laughs> you know, we actually came up with a pretty good answer to uh, not have dirty dishes when we eat non-gourmet non-sit-down meals uh-huh. so so you all you all know this and and i don't think i never thought of it before you guys brought it up so i think it was just brilliant um we got plastic baskets and paper lining trays yep so the ones that you would get like in a basket of french fries or you know a little quick you know, um, burger and fries yeah that it plays so that, yeah all that stuff it's so smart mm-hmm. it is so smart <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. It's literally we did the numbers on it. Each one of the sheets is like a penny, less than a penny. You know, it's like it's something ridiculous. We got cute ones that have like comics. Uh-huh. Um, we have the basic, you know, the red and white one, checker one, and then we got the ones that looks like a. It's actually a piece of part of a newspaper, and we got those. And honestly, it's it's been great. You know, yeah. it's like it. W- number one, we do make air fried fry or air fryer fries and things like that. And when we put them in there, or che- anything with cheese or. Any- it just takes the grease, yep. so it's wicking that away. And number two, no dishes. Yep. Literally. You can rinse the baskets yep. and put them back. That's all you got to do. Every once in a while, you may need to add a little bit of soap in your rinse just because maybe some grease got on it. But for the most part, mm-hmm. as long as everybody is you know, using their napkins when they use their napkins, they are literally... It's so nice <laughs> because, one, they're a lot easier to clean. You don't have to worry about much with those. It literally is a swipe of the sponge, and then that's it. You're not worrying about food being stuck to it or drying on it. You could leave food there in that, you know, for a couple of hours and not come back to it and go, oh, no, it dried to the plate. Mm-hmm. Now I got to scrape all this stuff off. It's literally swoop in the in the bag and it's gone. <laughs> so it's like I. Yeah, definitely the smart one of the smarter things that we've gotten when mm-hmm. it comes to reducing the amount of dishes that have to be done at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, they're and obviously reducing foods. our health is- issues because that's my big one is like just the way that everybody is as far as, you know, foodborne illness. Yeah. Like, man, number one, I, and I hate to tell people this because you just got to understand this. Most of you do not hand wash your dishes in hot enough water. 
period, because you do not have enough, you know, tolerance to be able to, to wash it in water hot enough to kill everything. Yeah. Long enough to kill everything. Soap does very little, you know. And so it's like when you when you look at those things, you go, OK, well, <laughs> you know, you just you, you understand it's like you're. Even your dishwasher, you just you're, you're risking so much. And so sometimes the best thing to do is to not use the same dishes every night after night, because a lot of that stuff just doesn't live on a mostly clean environment very long. So mm-hmm. so just just understand that that's kind of something that you can be looking at. So. All right. <laughs> now that we've got me all stressed out on all my foodborne illnesses, because I have gotten, you know, uh, foodborne illnesses in the past. Um, what do we have next? Uh, it is National Cheese Souffle Day. Mm. I put this in because I have absolutely no idea what cheese souffle is. Mm. I feel like I've heard of a souffle, but it wasn't cheese. But even then, I I don't know what this is, and I chose it because I was, sh- was sure that you would know what it was. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Each year on May 18th, we celebrate National Cheese Souffle Day. On this tasty day, take the opportunity to enjoy this French delight. A souffle is a baked egg-based dish whose origins appear in France during the early 18th century. Earliest mention of the souffle is given to French master cook Vincent La Chapelle. I hope I said that mm-hmm, right. You did. Uh, however, master of uh, master Fre- Oh my goodness. However, master French chef Marie Antoine Karim. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> receives the honor for popularizing the dish by using a new elaborate style of creating dishes. The souffle's base consists of a French cream base made of a flavored cream sauce or puree and beaten egg whites. By combining egg whites with custard, custard mm-hmm. or custard? It'll be custard. Okay, they misspelled that. Okay. Uh, this de- uh, delicate delight will puff up into a fine golden souffle when baked. Many who make souffle commonly add cheese, jam, fruits, berries, chocolate, and lemon. In other words, the base provides the flavor and the egg whites provide the puff it up. Make a cheese souffle to make a cheese souffle. Oh my goodness. I don't know why I can't read today. <laughs> That's okay. It's your <laughs> to birthday. To make a cheese souffle, obviously it requires cheese. The most popular cheeses to use when making a souffle are Gruyere cheese, mm-hmm. Parmesan, mm-hmm. cheddar, provolone, and it's Fontina, right? Yes. Okay. However, just about any kind of cheese will make an amazing souffle. No. Adding complimentary... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not true, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Adding complimentary herbs and spices to your souffle dish will increase your chances of it being a hit at the dinner table. How you eat your souffle is entirely up to you. You can serve your souffle as a tasty main course dish or sweeten it for a dessert. Secrets to preparing a souffle. Creating the perfect souffle lies within the timing of preparing the dish. Beating mm-hmm. the egg whites into a stiff peak consistently, then folding them gently into the sauce ingredients will prevent air from getting into the mixture. This process is what decides whether your souffle will be perfectly puffy or deficiently deflated. Determining when you are serving your souffle will decide when you should bake your souffle. A souffle can be prepared ahead of time, however, baking cannot begin until the time is determined for serving. Yep. As long as the egg whites have been whipped to the proper consistency, the mixture will hold for a few hours. So to celebrate this day, order a cheese souffle at your favorite restaurant. Try your culinary skills with a cheese souffle recipe. Enroll in a French cooking class. And obviously, share your favorite recipes and your cho- your cheese souffles on social media. Chives, smoked salmon, and uh, caramelized shallots is my favorite 
cheese souffle. And I'll be honest, this photo is not appetizing. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. They they I, I will tell you half the time they don't come out as pretty as people would like them to be. Um, the key to fixing that is to actually underfill your souffle. Okay. And so, but I I just like Google image searched mm-hmm. and it looks. <laughs> These ones look so much better than the picture that I was just. Oh, I bet. At. Yeah, no. The picture no, I, I was looking at looks like a turd. <laughs> <laughs> all the rest of them no. look like this beautiful little dish that's like, you know, like I would dip into that and be mm-hmm. cheesy. The one that is on this article, it does not look like I'd cut into that and have it be cheesy. It yeah. literally looks like a turd. No, cheese, cheese, cheese. Okay, so I'll go over a couple of of myths when it comes to souffles. Souffles for anybody who who is looked in them at all people be like there are people who are like don't stomp around it make sure nothing is shaking make sure you're absolutely still because otherwise your souffle won't rise um that's bull uh, i i will tell you that's bull i can tell you that's bull let me look let me make this extremely clear having worked in a commercial restaurant how still and quiet <laughs> do you think the kitchen is okay i have cooked a souffle in an apartment complex that I honestly I could have died in. It was so shaky. It was literally <laughs> it was in San Francisco. We were told that, you know, the buildings shake because it's the anti earthquake side of those buildings. Oh yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, so we we did everything that we possibly, you know, could and we were we were on the 14th floor i believe so we were shaky shaky right okay and it was like a 16 floor building but we were shaky shaky and uh who i will tell you um no souffles came out just fine (laughs) the biggest biggest reason that people souffles don't puff up properly is because you don't beat your egg whites enough. They don't do Which it. Which was what I was going to say. Yeah, it's to like a you thick enough consistency. When you make a meringue, mm-hmm. you have to do. You have to beat egg whites, and it's not mm-hmm. that hard. <laughs> so it's like I I could tell you if you can make a meringue and shaking it around doesn't make it deflate, then obviously the same would be for a souffle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's just weird. I I've never heard that people have said anything like that about something of that nature. So that's weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. That was like souffles. OK, I, this is one of the things that I've learned from French chefs. French chefs are so different from. Um, from any other chefs, because French chefs make things difficult and tell you they're so much more difficult than they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, because. A lot of things that you, oh my gosh, mayonnaise, mayonnaise, which is, you know, it's one of the mother sauces, right? Uh Mayonnaise is, it's literally, and and people just, they, they are so afraid of making mayo. You know, it's going to break, it's going to this and that. It's like, no, mayo's easy. Mayo's literally easy. I don't care what, just, if you have a fast enough blender, yeah, mayo's easy. You're good. And it's like. And French, oh, don't, you know, your hollandaise. And nope, I made hollandaise. I made hollandaise from scratch. No problem. Right. <laughs> most of the mother sauces, most of the sauces that you have, it's like, you know, French chefs will tell you all of these things because they were told all these things by other people who were told all these things. Because the more difficult that they make something sound, the less likely it is that you are going to try to make it and more likely that you'll come to them to buy it. Mm. The, the most, I, I will tell you that one of the dishes. Uh, the two dishes that I know that are French that take the most effort to make. Um, one 
is definitely uh, Kokoval, which is, you know, it's a very, very long process. You can look it up. Uh, press duck, basically. You can look that up. Um, and the other is, is croissants, you know. But now there's machinery that make croissants easy. So no worries. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's all good. You know, I personally, though, it's like souffles. Just just beat the whites right. You know, get everything folded in versus whipped in. That's what I've seen people do all the time is they'll whip sh- stuff in mm-hmm. to, to their, their souffle. Yeah, recipes it's aren't like, lying to you when they say fold in Yeah, be this. gentle. Because can, can you just if be you, gentle? And also seeing recipes that say don't overmix because it's the same thing for that. Mm-hmm. Just to fold it in and then you don't overmix it because then that's what takes away from it being fluffy. It's yeah. not going to be fluffy if you overmix after you've already, you know, made whipped the eggs to the their stiff peak if you just sit there stirring and them with other things it's going to defeat the purpose mm-hmm. of why you did that and and the thing is, you you know people are like well i want it to be in there evenly distributed throughout the whole thing look your bite isn't evenly distributed okay your mouth isn't like oh my gosh there's a little dill on my right side and <laughs> you know there's a little a little shallot on my left side no you're you're chewing it up and you're going to get the overall flavor of it you know, so don't stress about that. I've like I said, especially when you're doing it with chives and dill or, you know, it's whatever you're doing it with. And and you know what? You If you really want to practice, just I, what I would suggest is you can do what's called a pan souffle, which is the best way to call it. Whip your egg whites into a froth. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just cook them on a pan like you would a regular scrambled egg. And you'll see. You know, the difference in where it's supposed to be. And once you hone in on it, it's easy. Everything else is easy about it. So with that. <laughs> Don't forget to hit that follow button on whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And be sure to give our website a visit. And that would be stupidpodcastoneverything.com. Thank you, everybody, for going in there. Happy be <laughs> happy Eve. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, And uh, we will see you this afternoon. Until then, peace out with your peace out. Bye.